A quick word of thanks ahead of this week's episode. As you've seen me discuss both on the Patreon side and on Twitter as of the date of this recording, I've been in the midst of addressing some health issues, which have required intimidating things like MRIs. I appreciate each and every one of you for your support and for your kind messages amidst all of this. It means the world to me. Thank you for being the wind beneath my wings. And now, on with the show and landmark episode number 50. Hello, denizens of the internet! This is Dr. Nairi A. Bakalian, and you are listening to Friday Night History, your favorite historical romp with your favorite history dyke. Number 50, Season 2, Episode 17, Boshin War, Part 5. Tosa is the key. Last time we continued our discussion of the central winning trio of domains in the Boshin War by discussing Choshu. But there's one further member of that triad, and so this week we're going to talk about Tosa Domain, also known by its castle town's name as Kochi Domain. Inasmuch as Tosa, like Satsuma and Choshu, was also a Tozama Domain, as we'll see below, its situation was a little different than its peers, and it brought more than just political and military muscle to the center of the victorious coalition. It also brought some of the metaphorical glue that held the coalition together. Tosa Domain, Tosahan, was just under a third the size of Satsuma at 202,600 koku in size. It spanned most of southern Shikoku Island in the old imperial province of Tosa, from which it gets its name. Tosa's ruling Yamauchi family, sometimes called the Yamanouchi, was a Tozama house like Satsuma's and Choshu's lords, but unlike the Shimazu and Mori, the Yamauchi had comparatively good relations with the Tokugawa shogunate, which made the family initially a reluctant participant in the Southern Alliance. The reason for this was that the first Yamauchi lord, Yamauchi Kazutoyo, sided with Tokugawa Ieyasu during the tumultuous events of 1600. Ieyasu awarded the family for it with the granting of Tosa Domain, then recently taken from its former ruler, the Chosokabe clan. This beginning meant that the Yamauchi lords and many of their senior retainers tended to view themselves as indebted to the house of Tokugawa, all the way down to the generation of Yamauchi Toyoshige, better known as Yamauchi Yodo, the domain's 15th generation lord. This meant that they were generally more sympathetic to the shogunate in its dying days, and later more likely to support conciliatory policies toward vanquished enemies. So what dragged Tosa from indebted to the Tokugawa to a key player in the coalition arrayed against it in war? That was the work of the men mentioned in passing at the end of last week's episode. 
Many, though not all, of the most important ones were from Tosa. They tended to be low-ranking people unattached to a given domain, or if born into a domain's retainer force, they had no compunctions about abandoning their hereditary obligations or stipends, traveling without official permission, petitioning or even murdering people far beyond their station, and in general subverting the old order into which they were born. In time, they would become indispensable to the subsequent late 19th century project of building the modern Japanese nation-state. In short, they were able to act because they were unencumbered by those bonds of loyalty, even if they were generally aware of them. Though they did not have the same ties of politics and inheritance that bound many Yamauchi vassals, they had ties to Yamauchi vassals, which eventually aided in their efforts in bringing Tosa into the fold. Reservations notwithstanding, Tosa Domain was part of the force that defended Kyoto from the Tokugawa army in the Boshin Wars opening days, and Tosa men served as senior commanders in the Imperial Army during the months that followed. But let's get back to those unattached mediators for a moment. Sakamoto Ryoma was perhaps the most famous of them. He was born in Tosa to a family of country samurai, Goshi, who held warrior status but were exempt from the duties of a full-fledged Yamauchi retainer. Ryoma was active among the Shishi, the men of high purpose, many of whom were Satsuma and Choshu men, who would go on to be instrumental in the building of the Satsuma-Choshu-Tosa alliance. They gathered particularly in the imperial capital with radical and violent imperialist agendas alluded to last week when we covered Yoshida Shoin. While the Tokugawa shogunate was for a time successful in driving them underground in the Kansai region, the fact of the matter was it never eradicated them completely. And if there's one thing you've got to understand about these men, especially in what they did during the Boshin War, it's that they grasped the fierce urgency of now. Ryoma also formed the proto-corporation Kaiyentai, which smuggled weapons for the anti-shogunate nominally pro-imperial cause. Because of his history of travel without regard for domainal lines, Ryoma's range of personal ties were variegated and wide-reaching, from domainal governments, to shogunal functionaries, to disaffected lordless samurai. This allowed him and his ideological compatriots to bridge divides that otherwise might have proved unbridgeable. This was what built the coalition that seized control of the emperor and court and went to war against the Tokugawa shogunate and others across 1868 to 69. This had a further reaching impact than you may well imagine. Sakamoto Ryoma founded an organization called Kaiyentai, which some have described as the first modern corporation in Japan. Part private navy, part shipping company, it was funded in part by Satsuma, even though Ryoma was in charge of it, though it was later admitted into Tosa control by the eve of the Boshin War. Logistics are crucial to winning wars and setting up for them, and that's just the sort of activity that Kaiyentai was engaged in. While the Kaiyentai, like the Tosa domain, did not survive long after the Restoration, nor did Ryoma for that matter, who was assassinated just before the Boshin War began, some of Kaiyentai's survivors went on to found other companies. Because Tosa was central to the victorious coalition, those companies benefited from that prestige as the new era took shape, and ensured their long-term survival in the nascent empire. 
One of the Kaientai's prominent survivors, a man named Iwasaki Yataro, founded a corporation that I'd wager a guess you've probably heard of today. It's named for the company's logo, which rearranges the Iwasaki crest of three diamonds into the pattern of the Yamauchi clan's triple oak leaf crest. You know it as Mitsubishi. As with Satsuma and Choshu, quite a few of the men who went on to fame and title and riches in the Meiji era were Tosa men. Of course, Iwasaki Yataro and his family are some pretty noteworthy cases. Another is Itagaki Taisuke, who was an imperial army general and went on to be a central figure in the freedom and people's rights movement, Jiyu Minken Undo in Japanese. He was originally a mid-level Tosa retainer. Tani Kanjo, another IJA general, was also from Tosa and went on to be the inaugural Minister of Agriculture and Commerce, succeeded by Hijikata Hisamoto, another Tosa man. There are many others. The Satsuma Choshu Tosa Coalition didn't work alone, of course. Its object was gaining control of the newly enthroned Emperor Meiji, because to control the Emperor meant controlling the supreme source of political legitimacy in Japan. They understood that if they controlled the Emperor, they controlled a significant source of clout and made the path to their victory that much smoother. But in order to do that, they needed allies on the inside in the court. But before we get to the sympathetic court nobles, I'd like to introduce one last major player in the coalition that won the Boshin War. It's not part of the central triad, but it's important nonetheless. Long-time listeners will remember it, I'm sure, because it had a role in a lot of things across the Edo period, from medical advancements to military reforms to even early robotics. It was not on board with Satsuma, Choshu, and Tosa from the beginning, and while it joined them not long after the war's start, it was non-committal for long enough in the growing crisis of late 1867 that an American observer described its retired daimyo, Nabeshima Naomasa, as having been called Mr. Facing Both Ways. So with that in mind, we'll get to Saga Domain, the last of our victorious domain intros, next time. I'm Nairi, and this has been Friday Night History. Now, questions? Friday Night History is a weekly historical romp with me, your favorite history dyke, Dr. Nairi A. Bakalyan. Our theme is Buga Blue, written by Craig Friedrich and performed by the U.S. Army Blues, available royalty-free at pixabay.com music. This and more is made possible by listeners like you. Support Friday Night History. Sign up at patreon.com slash riversidewings and get access to transcripts and sources for each episode, as well as bonus episodes. Or subscribe at twitch.tv slash riversidewings to watch gaming, art, and historical bantering. Merch is at hellaradsparrow.redbubble.com. Thank you so much for being the wind beneath my wings. That's all for this time on Friday Night History. Next time, Boshin War Part 6, Saga Domain, and Mr. Facing Both Ways. Hope to see you there. And remember, who you are and what lights your fire is worth fighting for. I'll see you around.